make sure you test it, get that feedback. Can you sell that product? Don't just think you can, make sure you can. The Startup Student Podcast, the podcast for students who want to be their own boss, where students and experts from across the world and I, Christine, give you practical advice. We are looking into tips all around starting and marketing your own business, as well as productivity to better balance your student and business life. Turn your idea into reality. I'm your host, Christine. Let's start this episode. Welcome back. Welcome back. It's Christine and we're back with the phases of startup series with David Bell, where we're talking about obviously the phases of a startup. The first episode was all about what you, what we think you should look at when you are having a business idea, when do you want to start your business? And now we're actually going to talk about what to do when you are in your starting phase. So might be already up and running you've done all your homework and you're just getting started welcome back david thanks christine great to be back here with you and more exciting stuff to come so let's dive right in so like i just said we assume you've done your homework you've maybe filled in the business model canvas you maybe talked to some people you already started testing the idea maybe you even have a minimum viable product which could be your starting phase let's say because before you flesh out maybe everything i mean if you have a product we're talking probably about a prototype if you have a service we're talking about like a minimum viable product that you want to test with certain groups but let's assume you're basically there and you're ready to kick off or have already kicked off your business activities now what is there to think about at the beginning this might be one thing maybe we want to start talking about because sometimes people forget about we mentioned last time that people are sometimes afraid to talk about their ideas because they think people might steal it so when you're actually starting that might be one thing to look at not the first thing probably <laughs> but one of the things is how do you actually protect your uh, intellectual property and that might be in, in design rights that might be a trademark that might be copyrights i mean if you're in the us i know i do have a lot of us listeners in the us it's a bit different than in the uk or europe where you automatically have copyright assigned to every piece that you're creating in the us you actually um, have to register it however that might be one thing to look at but there's so many other things team setup outsourcing not outsourcing doing everything yourself what would you like to talk about first David I think one of the first things to look at you mentioned the words MVP your minimal viable product and I think you know lots of people can jump in two feet first when they've got an idea they've done their research you know they've maybe checked out their competitions we said you know they've taken that idea and started to map it out in their business planning canvas and maybe they've started to develop their minimal viable products but what tends to happen is that people get super excited and carried away so in some cases they will go off and order ten thousand widgets whatever that product might be but they might have not really tested it so if they get feedback if there's changes required they've got you know a large quantity which actually might now be surplus and i.e wasted money so my suggestion would be with your minimal viable product make sure you do get people actually testing it feeding back to you I'm going to give an example, Dropbox. Some of you will know Dropbox as the cloud solutions provider for storage. 
When they were found back in, I think it was 2007, the two MIT students, so if you've got US listeners, they were no MIT very well, but it was Drew Houston and Arash Fadalzi, I think his surname was. When they formulated Dropbox, they knew what they wanted to do, but they went out and sold before they bought or developed in this case. So they went out there and they actually got 150,000 plus signups for their Dropbox cloud storage solution. But here's the thing. They didn't even have a platform to sell. So they had a minimal viable product. They had a test pilot, a solution that they knew would work, but not on a scale for 150,000 users. But once they got the people signed up and said, look, as soon as you bring this to market, we're in, we're buying, they knew they had an audience. So they sold the product, sold the solution, before they manufactured it and took it to the stage forever. So that would be my advice. Make sure you test it, get that feedback. Can you sell that product? Don't just think you can, make sure you can. So that would be my first tip of taking your business to reality. Yes, that is really great advice. And I mean, we live in a world where pages like Kickstarter, Indiegogo, things like that are very common now crowdfunding platforms where you actually do sell a product a physical product usually before you actually produce it and you either reach the goal that you need to actually produce this to at least break even and to produce the rewards that are in there or you actually get the the product in the end or you don't reach the goal and then no one will have paid anything and but you will also not receive any money you will have spent some money but that's the money that you have to spend to test it so yes that dropbox one is obviously i i know about that as well that is a great example of they haven't even developed the product and they didn't have to do prototype anything because it was a software solution and they sold before they actually did anything now you obviously need to have a patient um patient potential customers but like i say i think we're, we're going more and more into that direction of crowdfunding and i was i i'm I'm also a supporter of crowdfunding projects all the time. There's, for example, a shoe brand that I really like, and I bought so far every shoe they brought out. And one just arrived in Germany for me after eight months after it was paid and it was basically my birthday gift from, from my mom to me. <laughs> and yeah, so that that is great thing. So go and test it before you actually do something and another question i had the other day yesterday i think yeah yesterday i had a call with someone who's starting who would love to start like a let's say coaching service that he also wants to turn into an online course and he said oh i i did not get a lot of feedback and the question is how much feedback do you actually need we don't always need millions of people who have tested something we don't need even sometimes a hundred if you get really valuable feedback already as a starting point from let's say 20 people you can start already adjusting and then test it again with another 20 maybe 50 people and then it will go up as well but i think you don't need hundreds of people testing the product before you're actually going to start improving it yeah absolutely i think one of the rules of thumb here though would be when you're going to get someone to test your product give you feedback don't go to your family. Don't ask mum, dad, brother, sister, aunt or uncle or anyone closely associated to you because I'll be honest, they probably won't give you the real honest feedback that you're looking for. They're going to kind of shoehorn the feedback that 
you probably would like to hear, but might not be the most constructive feedback that you should be receiving. So make sure you go to the people that are going to use your product or your service. You know, really understand who your client is. We're not talking about marketing here, but you need to know who your client is, who your customer is, who's going to buy your products. And you need to build that avatar, that picture of your ideal clients. Another story for another day about how to do that. But for me, it's understanding that customer making sure that they are the ones that are testing your products and giving you that feedback. Steve Jobs, um, when he kind of was developing the Apple iPhone, which obviously now is a, a global huge success, they did very little market research. And he used the quotation that the reason I didn't do market research because people did not know they needed what we had. Because if someone were to come to you and say, look, we've got this, what do you think about it? You never really knew that you needed internet on your phone or the ability to, you know, utilize all the various apps and stuff like that. So he coming from a very different way, but it's very unusual. You need to do that market research. You need to get the feedback because that feedback is invaluable. That feedback could save you hundreds of pounds, tens of thousands of pounds, maybe hundreds of thousands of pounds and beyond because someone will go, have you thought about doing it this way? You may not have seen that. And now that one piece of feedback means that you save money and make your product or service better. So listen to the advice you've given. Yes, for sure. And I like that you bring that example because it will also be a great example that Apple with the iPhone, even though they did not market research in the way that we just described it, they for sure, and they still do, and they have to watch trends. What is happening? Where is, are things going with humanity, with technology and in the world? What will people need that we or we can create a need what will make it more convenient for people without them knowing i mean even the internet no one no one knew that uh, the internet will be so important i guess when it all started people were like okay I, I don't know what i would use it for what do you mean you would book your holiday online that's ridiculous i want a catalog i want to see it i remember that when google came out someone told me actually i was just doing an internship and they were saying ah there's this new thing you can find everything in there and it's called Google. It's written Google in, in German because they, they didn't know how to probably say it. And yes, for sure, sometimes you can do it that way. And like you say, it's unusual and it's good to do some classic market research. For sure, you have to not only talk to people, but you have to see what's happening. What, what are the trends? Where is this world going? Where are the people going? In which direction Where is technology going? What might come in the future? And that goes a bit into predicting the future, which might be difficult, but just see and be willing and able to change and be flexible and adjust to things. I mean, no one could see that there will be a pandemic and everything has changed, and especially for a lot of businesses. However, a lot survived because they were flexible enough to, to change processes, to change what they are offering. And one other thing we talked about looking at competitors in the last episode, I think this should be something that you continuously do, not only when you before you're starting, but continue to learn, continue to get inspired and continue to think about partnerships by looking at your competitors. So set yourself the task every three months, every six months, maybe to look at the main competitors, see what they are doing, to know what you can learn from it, to know what doesn't work for them, to know what does work for them. 
Yeah, no, absolutely. And I think the other things to consider also when you're moving your business forward, taking it, you know, from just that idea through the planning stages to what we're talking about now is the starting phase. There's lots to this part. We're just touching and literally tiptoeing across the surface. But there'll be lots of things that you're going to be thinking about, you know, coming up with a good name for your business or your brands. And that's quite important. People say to me, well, you know, can I just call my company X, Y, and Z? Well, of course you can. It's your business. You can do what you like with it. But, you know, certainly if you're going to be looking for market appeal, you want to be able to market your business well. Firstly, you want to make sure you can match everything up. Consistency is key. So, Choose a good name that is representative of what you do and who you are. I always say keep it short and keep it simple. If you think about the big brand names that are out there in the world, and I could reel them off of you know things like Google, Microsoft, Apple, you know they they go on and on and on, and they're all quite short. They're all quite direct and simple to understand and read. Um, think about your branding, what the logo looks like, and if you're not a, a you know a logo designer, don't worry. Give it a go. Maybe find someone, outsource it, maybe a friend or a family member and get them to help you with that. There's lots of great services like five people per hour, lots of online outsourcing services that you can utilize to help you start to develop your brand. But think about your company name. Think about your brand. Think about your website domains. You know, I see people that register a domain name for a business and they can't get the exact match. And it all becomes a little bit hickledy-pickledy. It doesn't quite fit. So really, if you've got a company name, you want your domain name to feature and be the same. Why? Because that's going to be your website. In most cases, most businesses should have a website. I won't say all because it doesn't have to be, but most will. And your email address will be based on the back of your domain name. So for example, mine is simbot.com from the website. And my email address, I have various, but david at simbot.com. So and the business is called Simbok Limited. So trying to make sure everything is connected, consistent, is really important. And sometimes that requires a little bit of thought. It requires a little bit of creative time. Something you're well familiar with, Christine, creative time. To be able to sit down and start to map all of this out. Don't just click your fingers and go with the first thing that comes to your mind. It might take you days. It could take you even longer. But for me, that's part of the fun. It's part of the creative side. And if you're not ultimately creative, find someone that can inspire you and guide you and help you. Yes, thank you. And the one thing I would like to add to that as well, when we're talking about names for products or your business or for your services or for anything that you come up with. So I have, for example, Startup Formula, the Marketing Formula, the Creative Startup Academy, but all these kind of formulas and names floating around. Obviously, the Creative Startup Academy is also my business name. Make sure you check as well if they already exist and are maybe trademarked so that you're not like get into trouble for you using something that you shouldn't and then you have to change everything and I can actually say for the shoe brand that I mentioned uh, where I buy from crowdfunding they had actually that issue <laughs> and that's why I just remembered it because they said they did the, the crowdfunding and they did actually all the prototypes and all obviously have the the name registered or they wanted to register the name and they had all their logo done on the shoes with that and then they got a letter from a lawyer saying, 
oh, oh, you're not supposed to use this name because it's already used. And they had to change the name and it cost them quite a lot because they had to change all kind of production. And I do know that last minute they had to change labels on the shoes and things like that. So that would be something that's easy, accessible data banks for everyone. You don't even have to register to see worldwide if actually the name that you want to choose is already registered. Yeah, great point there, Christine. Absolutely. People do come up with a name, don't they, for uh, for their product or their brand, their business. They start spending money on being creative, getting logos done. But, you know, the days of probably getting lots of things printed don't exist as much now. But if they were getting brochures printed or headed paper, business cards, building a website, you know, set, set up all your social media, and then you find out you can't use that name because it's trademarked or it's very close as passing off or something like that. Even though they might not even be in the same industry sector as you, of course, you know, if you're using something that's very similar or is the same, but in a different industry sector, there's a good chance that you're going to have a lawyer writing to you and telling you to stop using. And you might have spent a lot of money to that stage. So I suppose what we're suggesting or what Christine has very clearly suggested is that you check all of this beforehand. Make sure that your name is not being utilized, the brand is not being utilized, the logo is unique and you're not copying somebody else's. And these are kind of all pre-flight checks or pre-business launch checks and of really sensible suggestions. Yes, thank you. And there is, again, we could probably just do an entire series about the starting of a business and these things, but we wanted to make them quite compact and give you like the top things to look at. So is there anything else specifically that you want to mention for this phase? And again, there's so many others, but that you think, okay, we cannot leave this episode without mentioning the following. I think and it leads very neatly back to our first episode, and I'm sure it will lead into our third and fourth as well, but build relationships. My top business tip I always suggest to any startup business or any established organization is get out there, build relationships with people in different organizations, could be your competition as well, don't forget we were talking about that, but potential partners, suppliers, customers, friends, get out networking, whether that's face-to-face, virtually online, because you can do travel the world virtually as well, of course, but go out there, build relationships. It's those relationships that you build today that will be so important for your future and direction of your organization going forward. So get out there, get networking, get communicating, get talking. Yeah, that's actually though, if someone asked me if I can only do thing, one thing, and especially also a marketing activity, people say, because networking is a marketing activity and it will help you to get feedback. It will help you to create a supportive network, which you do need when you're starting out because it's a hard, long and lonely journey, even if you're in a team. <laughs> so having a network around you is the also always my number one tip and it helped me in so many things. I mean, even just people ask me something and I say, I do not know, but I do someone who does and I can connect them. Someone asks me, oh, can you do this for me? And I say, no, I don't offer this kind of service, but I do know someone who does. So I can actually recommend. And when I started this podcast, I always say this, I before I even launched the first episode, I had 30 episodes ed- recorded, edited and scheduled. So I didn't have any time pressure really on releasing anything and that was because I had my network and I didn't have to search long I didn't have to 
to figure out who I'm going to invite on this podcast because they were already there. So yes, I completely agree. And again, yes, I think we will pick that up in every episode. Well, thank you so much again for your time. I'm looking forward to the next one where we're talking a bit more about the growth stage and what that brings with it. Thank you so much, David. Thank you very much, Christine. Thank you, everybody. That was it. Thanks for tuning in. And just to let you know, there's a free 30-day Kickstart Your Business Challenge available on my website, creativestartupacademy.com slash kickstart. And it turns your business idea into reality in just 30 days. And if you could leave a review for this podcast, please, please, please do so because it will help me with my ranking. Thanks so much. I'm looking forward to talking to you next time. Bye-bye.